A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, Hello, babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like we were making fun of ourselves. (laughs) No. I'm Emily. I host a podcast. I think I'm so great. I'm kind of making fun of us every time. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. We're really asking for it. This is a self-dragging podcast. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I am canceled. Uh... I forget whose quote it was on Twitter that I saw today that was like, every day on Twitter, someone is like the main character of Twitter and the goal is to not be it. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) As we were recording it, the person today is uh, Pete Buttigieg's uh, communications director who is possibly running a sock puppet account. I've just been ignoring that whole thing. I hate conspiracies generally yeah. so this is like my least favorite time i'm uh wait for the facts yeah i like to wait for the facts i like to snopes that shit yeah um the also, broom thing was embarrassing oh the broom what was that everyone was saying like nasa says today's the one day when your broom will stand up on its end because of gravity and it was like Snopes it, guys. NASA didn't say anything about your broom standing up, <laughs> but everyone used that as an excuse to be like, well, look, my broom is standing up. And it's like, yeah, your broom could just do that any day. It was just like a weird hoax. <laughs> yes. And it goes around every few years, I think, on the equinox or something, because it was like the winter equinox or something. Um, I mean, I, I kind of like hoaxes, so I feel mixed here. Yeah. What's your favorite hoax? Oh, gosh. Um, what's my favorite hoax? Oh my god! I don't know. I can't think of one. Yeah, balloon Can you? boy. No, I hated that. <laughs> really hated that. What? Where were you during Balloon Boy? I don't know. I was at work. <laughs> we were all watching it on the office computers. Oh, really? Being like, what's going to happen? Is he in there? <laughs> no, I can't think of a single hoax. Can you think of a different one? Um, I mean the broom thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's it. <laughs> My guess just goes There's dead. a lot of ones where they're like, uh, Facebook is going to sell your information unless you copy and paste this fake legal paragraph. See, I hate that stuff too because it's just dumb and annoying. Yeah. There are very few good ones. There are very few good ones. Yeah. I like it when people... Um, okay, I like it when people just like hack into Wikipedia and just like write weird shit in the articles. Yeah. Like that's funny to me. I like that. Unless it's an article about me and then... Leave it alone. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. Um, yeah, no one, no one edit my Wikipedia article, even if I have many accomplishments. Mine has some misinformation on it. Yeah. It's fine. I think mine does too. One time someone that I know, and I'm like, I don't feel bad about calling it out because uh, I don't think he listens to this podcast. Um, but even <laughs> if he did, he should maybe know this. One time someone that I know wrote an article for like a local Santa Cruz newspaper about how I had quote directed my first episode of Barry. It was like (laughs) as part of like a, a profile of like, you know, 
alumni. UC Santa Cruz alumni, yeah. but it was like just for like a local weekly paper. And it was written by this like guy that I know who lives in Santa Cruz. And it was like, you didn't ask me. You like, he asked me for a quote, but he didn't ask me what my job is. I've and never it, directed, much it, less my first episode of Barry. It's like, also, what? it's so easy to check that. Yes. It would take three seconds. It would take three seconds. I've never, yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> I hate that so much. I do too. <laughs> it's so sloppy. And it's not the type of thing where it would makes me mad enough that I feel like I should say something. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? No. Like it's like a weird, it makes me feel nitpicky to be like, um, that's actually not what my career's about. Um, get my <laughs> credits right. <laughs> like, Hey, worst case scenario, maybe someone thinks you can direct. That's not a bad thing. I guess, I guess, but you don't, want I don't to. really want to direct. No, that's um, your sister's thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems overwhelming to me. Yes. I don't think I'm organized enough to do it. Do you want to do it? Direct? Yeah. Uh, that seems scary to me. You look really good in a baseball hat. Thank you. I was just thinking that. I think that would be the best part about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it seems scary to me. Working with actors is tough. Yeah. I kind of like doing voice acting directing because it's really quick. Oh, yeah. So even if it's going shittily, it just kind of ends quickly. And no one has to be like on set or getting hot, like getting no, cranky. No, it's like. Yeah, it's pretty easy. And I, yeah. I must, even when it's, when it is going shitty, it's usually my fault because I'm just not being clear about what I want. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's always frustrating. I'm not good at explaining what I want sometimes. I, I think that's a very hard thing to do. It's really hard. I think a lot of people are not good at that. When you have like something in your head and you're like, I need to perfectly communicate this so that the same picture that's in my head is in your head. Yeah. Especially when it's like a thing about art. Yeah. Where you're like, what's this ineffable thing that I can... It's so fucking hard when I'm trying to like explain a visual or something. Yeah. I'm like, it's like a plant person, but then they're like (laughs) sentient. I don't know. And you're like, can you make it grosser? (laughs) I feel like I've had to give that note before. And it's just like, I don't know how to, how to explain this. (laughs) should just get it. Um, I finally saw Parasite. Oh yeah. Uh, what'd you think? I liked it a lot. Um, you saw it after it won the Oscar. I did. Which, I, did you feel like that hype sort of I affected your experience of it? I wish that I had seen it before, uh, you know, it got so big. Yeah. Just, just so that I could temper your expectations. Well, or, yeah. Yeah. I Go wasn't in a little bit fresher. I wasn't disappointed at all. I just think it would have been cool to see it in the theater and like be more part of the excitement when it did win. So oh, many yeah. Things. But like having seen it, I'm like, it is so weird that it won an Oscar. Like it's not in English. Won three Oscars. It's <laughs> super subversive. Yeah. It won. It swept like. Yeah. Um, but now that I've seen it, I feel slightly less guilty for having a crush on Bong Joon-ho and <laughs> not having seen any of his films. He's so cute. He's so goddamn cute. Oh, yeah. And he's like a cartoonist wannabe. Like he's he draws like all his own storyboards and stuff. And he had That's wanted so to be cool. a cartoonist at one point. He just seems like a funny, sweet weirdo. And it's a great movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. I didn't watch the. Did you watch the Oscars this year? Yes, I did. Yeah. How did you... We need a host again. Yeah, I would like a host. Um, I don't know. Oscars are crazy. <laughs> Oscars yeah. are crazy. I like. I just like watching for the dresses and stuff. And I, I watched like the as- the after Oscars interviews and things. I just like oh, watching yeah. for like weird moments. Like at one point, um, 
Laura Dern was doing an after-show interview about her Oscar win, and her mom was standing next to her. Diane Ladd. Yes. And then her mom suddenly butted in and said, I have to mention that I'm in a film right now. And then she just started rambling <laughs> on and on about The Last Full Measure, which was like a mediocre movie that nobody And Laura Dern's like, about. Mom! Laura Dern was standing next to her politely, and I'm just like, oh my God, having like an actress for a mom seems like the worst. And the host was like, oh, well, maybe that'll be nominated for an Oscar next year. But he hadn't even realized that the movie she was talking about had already come out because nobody fucking saw it or cared about it. Oh, my God. Wait, what was that movie? The Last Full Measure. Yeah, what what is it? I don't know. I looked it up and it was just, it got like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) That's so weird. Martha Stewart was at an Oscar viewing party in LA. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And um, she was wearing this like short dress and her legs looked fucking amazing. She looks so good. She looks so good. I mean, she's definitely like had some things. Yeah, she's had some things done. She's had some things. Yeah. Um, she posted a pic of herself with like her legs looking amazing and she captioned it. Horseback riding weekly is very good for one's legs. <laughs> <laughs> but my legs don't look like that. And I ride a lot. <laughs> God, that's when people who have like personal trainers and Yet plastic surgery or like, I just drink a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not all you're doing. <laughs> also, you were just, you were born hot. You have yeah. <laughs> like hotness in your jeans. Like she was always a looker. Yeah. She was like a beauty pageant winner. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She has legs for days. Uh, beauty pageants feel like something that if they ended, <laughs> which they should, <laughs> we would look back on them as one of the weirdest things that we do. It's amazing that they still exist. It's unbelievable that they still exist. Yeah. The weirdest things are like those beauty pageants that are like half like weightlifting and half or like half being like a, a, build, a bodybuilder oh, body and, and yeah. half like beauty. So it's like these bodybuilders, but they're not lifting weights. They're just standing and like rotating, but they're crazy yeah. built and they all get like super tanned. They're yeah. so fucking weird. <laughs> that makes more sense to me than a beauty pageant. Cause at least that's something they've been working on. That's true. And they're like, I have a, you know, like they're like, I worked on this for a really long time. Like you can see the number of hours, like a beauty contest. You're just sort of like, <laughs> Oh, they've been working. Check out my mom and dad and what they did <laughs> with their jeans. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they work out, but it's like some of them don't have to. Yeah. It's less obvious what they put into it. Yeah. Whereas like, like the bodybuilding, bodybuilding stuff, it's like no one's naturally like that. Like it you, reeks of effort. Like yes. the effort is dripping <laughs> off their It's literally bodies. a sweaty competition. But they're terrible. But they're also oiled up. They're so oiled up and they like have crazy diets and stuff so that you can see the most amount of muscles. Yeah. Ugh. It's such a weird, I mean, I am fascinated by whatever it is about people where we have to go so hard on the things we like doing. I'm so not. I'm a very, I think I'm a very competitive person, but I don't like competition itself. I don't ever want to do the piano recital. I don't want to be in horse shows. Like I just never want to do that. See, a piano recital isn't a competition. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny that that's your first example. (laughs) Maybe I just, okay. So maybe I just don't like performance. Yeah. Like I don't want to do a live podcast. You want people to know that you're better than them, but you don't want to uh, have to like show up and prove it. Yes. You want them to just know the information. Exactly. You don't want attention. I want to win prizes and awards, but I don't want to have to like put on a display in front of an audience of people to get them. Yeah. You know? I get that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like attention. (laughs) I mean, I know I like attention, but I'm like, do I like attention enough to like, 
I, I think doing an awards season, like if I had to go out oh, and yeah. campaign, I think it would be really, really uh, tough. I think you'd do well at it. I think you just get caught up in it and you're just like, okay, I'm just doing this now. And you just get swept up you and just then do a million interviews over and over again. Yeah. And then when it's over, you collapse and you're like, Ugh. I wonder what my angle would be about how I would mm. get people to vote for me for the Oscar. Yeah. What would your angle be? I don't know. Would you make up some kind of weird publicity thing to get noticed? <laughs> make up an affair? Get Say that I broke my boobs and then have a boob cast that I have everyone sign? That's a good one. That's okay, a good I'm example. It down. <laughs> I broke everyone my boobs. Everyone needs to remember this. If I ever have to, uh, if I'm ever up for an award, I need you all to email me and remind me to get my boobs cast <laughs> and then to have everyone sign the cast. <laughs> I haven't been like following any of the like Oscar kind of campaign stuff really. Yeah. Um, I mean, my sister was snubbed this year. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, But Natalie Portman had our last name. I I got a text from Josh Gondelman on the day of the Oscars being like, (laughs) Natalie Portman's wearing your last name. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I had no idea. I forgot that she also knows your sister though. Yes. Because they've been like working on something together that didn't work out. But I think it's okay to say it's not like a secret. Like my sister was supposed to direct that Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie that Natalie Portman was going to star in. And then as it it happens very often, like things changed and then it ended up being a different director and a different actor. Because people were, Rose McGowan was giving uh, Natalie Portman shit for not actually working with enough female directors and just like wearing a cape, but not actually like doing the work. And it's like, well, she tried in that, that She case. tried. She was the reason why they were going to hire a female director yeah. for that Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie. Like, yeah. she insisted upon it. Also, it's just like, shut up, Rose McGowan. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've, done, you've done some great things, and you've also done some very annoying things. Yeah, it's true. Everybody <laughs> should shut up a little bit more than they have been. Just shut up a little bit. Just, just when you just say to yourself, should I shut up right now? Yeah. And like, maybe I mean, you there's should. definitely some people who don't, <laughs> don't need to add any more shutting up, but there's a lot of people who should add a little bit of shutting yeah, up. Yeah. Some people should, should open. I'm more one of them like, probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't talk, then I have to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we really painted ourselves into a corner here, didn't we? The other day, I was, I was um, feeling really guilty for gossiping about actors too much because we, um, oh yeah, we'd had like a little party and like uh, it was like a baby shower for my friend and like I was gossiping about this one actress and this other person really liked that actress and she got really upset that I'd like ruined her vision of this person as like a perfect oh, person. Oh god, yeah. Um, and I was feeling really guilty about it. I was like, oh no, like I should have just let her have that. Why did I have to ruin it for her by just being like? Such a loud that is mouth. A tricky thing. It's tricky. But then the next day, I like went into the office and gossiped so much about actors. <laughs> such a great time. <laughs> it's really hard not to. I know. I just feel like I'm never going to change, and it's my favorite thing. So if you don't like it, you just shouldn't should not be friends with me. I don't even think she was that no. upset. I just felt bad. It's so hard. It's so hard not to gossip. I know. I really love to gossip, especially if there's something that like. I love that's to- not out there in the yes. public knowledge. Oh, and it's amazing God. that it's not. It's just like, oh, come on. I have to tell people. Um, I'm doing, I think I can talk about this. I don't know why I wouldn't be able to. I'm doing the Writers Guild's showrunner training program yeah. right now, which is 
an incredible program and I'm really enjoying it. I'm very lucky to be there, but there- I wish more people would do it. There is a cone of silence policy <laughs> oh. so that people can talk openly about their experiences in writer's rooms and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's my the only thing I don't like about the program. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have to actually keep a secret. Uh. <laughs> There's like a cone of silence over the writer's room in general when we yeah. had a writer's room. So we would tell a lot of stories. I heard a lot of stories about like showrunners and other actors and stuff that they had worked with. And Oh, yeah. I mean, you always hear a ton of gossip. I mean, I feel like. One nice thing is like sometimes you're in a writer's room and you know that there's someone else in the room who is not only a huge gossip, but everyone knows they're a big gossip. Yeah. And so it won't get traced back to you if you tell anyone. Oh, things, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't tell that person anything. New, no. But if someone else says something in the room, you're like, no one is ever going to accuse me of like, you know, that someone else in the room is going to tell everyone the, the <laughs> so information. That gives you carte blanche. So you kind of are like, like less worried about. You're like, I'm not going to be the leak. They're going to, they're going to leak it. So you are going to leak it. Yeah. They're like a huge leak and you're just a little like, that is like just a little, probably not a great (laughs) way of doing business either. (laughs) I like to think I'm selective about what I say and when. Yeah. But is that true? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I, I have definitely gotten better. Yeah. There is there is some shit that I have not said that I feel very proud of myself for and I don't get any awards for it. I feel like that should be an awards it, thing. There should be. Because okay, we know that those accountants don't tell anyone anything because they can't because they're the ones who are like adding up who the winners are. Yeah. So we should just be able to confide in them the secrets that we didn't tell people and they judge. And they give us, and an, award they give us an award for who has the biggest secret. Who has the, had kept the biggest secret and then no one knows why we won. <laughs> And it's at the Oscars. It's just like it's just, just a another, random person yeah. goes up, like, but it's in another room that no one's supposed to know about. <laughs> Rob doesn't like this idea, and that's because he's wrong. I just, um, <laughs> I, we should just give each other a trophy. <laughs> oh God, the I I would say okay. The the absolute best feeling in the world is like having some gossip. Wanting to tell someone, but holding back and then them telling it to you. And then you get to talk about it freely. Absolute (laughs) best feeling in the world. Absolute worst feeling in the world is finding out that some gossip that you did not control yourself with isn't true two years later. Oh, I hate that. Absolute worst feeling in the world. I don't know if that's happened to me yet. I've just had like situations where I'm like, someone told me some gossip and I was like, Ooh, my, my, that is some tasty gossip. And then I just find out that that person's an unreliable narrator. And then I'm like, Oh, I should revise how I feel about the things that they have told me. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard. It's hard. I mean, it's not the worst feeling you in the world. Issue, okay, obviously, there's. I'm being hyperbolic. You have to like issue a correction to yes, like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, hey, just so you know, uh, <laughs> whatever I told you about this person uh, is wrong. <laughs> They're actually great. They're nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you they were a fucking goblin, and I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I also just feel like if you know someone for long enough you will eventually have really great and really bad stories about them. That's true. I think that there's like, I still don't have bad stories about you. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't. But like, we also haven't like worked intensely together. That's true. You know? Yeah. I think that that just like 
We work intensely together on this podcast. <laughs> yes, we work very hard. Very. Yes. Oh, oh, <laughs> nose to the grindstone. The pressure is insane. <laughs> yeah, could you guys fucking lay off us for a while? <laughs> we need to. We need to rest. <laughs> um. I didn't watch the Oscars because it was my and Peter's anniversary, mm. our wedding anniversary. How nice. Um, and uh, we we got married on February 9th. And so we never have to celebrate Valentine's Day ever again. Oh, that's great. Because we celebrate on February 9th now. Good. Valentine's Day is bullshit. It is. And it's so nice to just not have to like. That was the thing. I mean, I hope everyone had a nice Valentine's Day, however you celebrated it. But I was like, man, if I. I I don't remember how I felt being single on Valentine's Day and scrolling through my feeds, but I had to have been filled with rage. I think it's gotten more intense, like the feeds, although like nobody's. I said this to a friend who was like. Um, he was saying how he didn't want to post his relationship stuff that day. He was just like, I just feel pressured and I don't want to. And I'm like, nobody's really looking for you specifically to do it. They're not like, where, where's his post? You know, we're only looking like the only, I am the only ones I've (laughs) wondered about were like Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel. And I looked to see if they posted stuff and they did. Oh yeah. Just cause you're like, what's happening with them? Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, did their PR teams tell them to do? I don't know what's happening with them at all, but um, for our anniversary. And by the way, Peter and I have not still not like gone on a honeymoon and we didn't get to celebrate our anniversary last year because wow. I was really sick. So I don't feel bad saying we went to a very nice dinner no, <laughs> for our anniversary. Sh- nor should you. <laughs> we went to like a fancy Hollywood restaurant, like multi-course, Ooh. like tasting menu place that normally would have been a little bit harder to get a reservation at. But Planet it was Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Planet Hollywood. We did the chef's tasting menu at Planet <laughs> Hollywood. Um, and it was like one of those things where we were like, oh, this is kind of empty because it's Oscar night. Ooh. And they were like, but I was like, I was like, Peter, I hope it's okay if I keep checking my phone to see what's happening at the Oscars because we're going to be here for three hours. Um, (laughs) He was like, of course. And so uh, when Parasite won, I was like, oh my God, Parasite won. And then all the waiters were like, Parasite won? And they were all very excited about it. And they were like, one of the producers of that movie comes in here all the time. (laughs) (gasps) That's so cute. What restaurant was it? Uh, Providence. Oh, Oh, I think I've eaten there before. It's really good. It's unbelievable. It was like Jonathan Gold's number one restaurant in LA for a long time. Oh, it dang. was only like unseated in his final year by Vespertine. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I haven't eaten there. That sounds too good. <laughs> I don't think I've eaten somewhere that good. It's like very like fish centric, but they do a vegetarian tasting menu too. Yeah, that just sounds it familiar. Was, they had, so like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I fucking love truffles. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I love like mushrooms and like mushrooms are my favorite food basically. They're and so like, good. Truffle, I like truffle anything. And the night that we were there, it was like, they were like, ooh, we've got truffles tonight. And they were just putting them in everything. And they were carrying them around the restaurant in this like wooden box. <laughs> oh, I love and that. like and having people shaving them. shaving them. But they were also like, before we ordered, they were like, just so you know, here are our truffles. And they opened the box and like had us smell them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> fancy restaurants are so weird. If you haven't been to a fancy restaurant, um, one thing that I think is interesting <laughs> and weird that they do is when you go to the bathroom, they take your napkin and they refold it I and know. put it back on the it's table. It's so weird. It's a very weird thing. And they also will like 
take a comb and like clean your tables with it. Sort I of. always feel judged. I'm like, no, I left that napkin on the floor on purpose. <laughs> I'm like, you leave that oh, alone. It's got my boogers in it. That's what I don't, I don't like about fancy restaurants and fancy things in general is I don't like feeling like I'm being observed at all times, even oh. though that's like, you know, they're being good hosts. Like they're just like, if any, if you need anything, we've noticed that before you even had to ask. But I, yeah. just, I just don't like it. <laughs> it's attention. And you I don't like attention. Don't look at me. <laughs> it was definitely a weird place to be like, oh, good thing that Parasite won. And I was like, we are living like the rich people in Parasite right now. Like, <laughs> it's your anniversary. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I know. We, there were some parts of that movie where I'm like, I feel attacked. <laughs> it's great. The part where he they're talking about the the woman they're like yeah she's really nice she's like nice because she's rich and being rich like smooths smooths everything out i'm like ooh, wow that is what i like about money (laughs) that's a really good line like that's just a great idea i think that's also why it bothered me that people were like if you if you're rich and you like parasite it's because you don't realize it's about you and i'm like oh no i realize it's about me i fully recognize that and i still like it (laughs) like it's forcing me to confront things and it's challenging and I'm allowed to like art that's challenging to me. I'm not an yeah. idiot. <laughs> no, it's great. It made me uncomfortable. I, yeah. I love how it should the, make you very uncomfortable if you have money and comfort. Yeah. It's and so it should s- make you think about the way you live your life. Yes. So much of it was so subtle too, like just weird coded, like, you know, microaggressions instead of having the rich people be like fucking assholes who are like mean to their staff, having them be yeah. like kind of a nice family, I think made it so it's much so, more. It, what's, what's so insidious about yeah. capitalism is separating people from the problems that capitalism creates. Yeah. Like the more money you have, the easier it is to ignore the way that your comfort comes at the expense of real people. Yeah. And, and they aren't cruel it's just like the guy's like well i like my drivers until they cross a line and he never explains what that means it's just like such a weird yeah but it's the line between him and yeah yes it's the partition it's so good (laughs) yeah it's really fucking good um and it's it's very i've heard like a couple like very rich people say things like and spo- uh, here's, here comes a spoiler. Um, I liked it until it got violent. Me too. And I'm like, oh, because you don't want anything to disrupt yeah. the status quo that is disrupted by the violence in yeah. that movie. I also don't like seeing violent stuff that much. Like, I, it frightened me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's also, it's like, you need it for the story. Yes, you yeah. do. Yeah. I've heard people be like, I don't think you need that. You needed that in the movie. And it's like, I think you did. Something had to happen there. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. And that was um, the story he was telling. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a weird criticism. I don't quite understand that. The reactions to Parasite winning have been very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, Neil Brennan is getting dragged on Twitter. (laughs) That was really funny. That was so funny. People were just fully (laughs) screaming at him for like three days. (laughs) Because he was just just like, I don't think the metaphor works in this movie. (laughs) Who's the parasite? The rich people or the, it was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It was so crazy. And then people were like, it's people were trying to give him answers and he was just like, I don't think so. So the rich people gave the poor people a job and now they're the enemy. <laughs> and it was like, Oh my God, first of all, Twitter is not the place to have this conversation, it's not. even if it was in good faith, but this is so clearly not a good faith conversation. It's also just like, things don't have to be crystal clear in media in order to be <laughs> successful. Like if you're feeling some discomfort or like there seems to be a gray area, maybe that's on purpose. 
Yeah. Like maybe if they're not hammering you over the head with the meaning yeah, of the metaphor. Not like, <laughs> maybe if someone tweeted like, you to ask the question. Someone tweeted like, I like I think the parasite should have looked at camera and winked and, and said, <laughs> I'm the parasite. <laughs> like just remember this for later. <laughs> There's this other um really great uh Korean movie called Burning that I feel like not enough people have talked about or seen. It came out like a year or two. Maybe I think it came out last year Um, and it's by a different director, but uh, it's on Netflix now, but it's great. And it also has stuff about like class differences in Korea and like, Oh cool. uh, Steven Yeun's in it. And he's like a really fun character. Oh man. I I should watch it. I recommend it's a little slow, but it pays off. Okay. Yeah. I really need to be cajoled into watching movies, especially when they have subtitles, just because I can't look at my phone. Me too. I can kind of only watch them when I'm on a plane, uh, which is how I saw it or, or in the bath. Oh yeah. Cause then I'm just like, yeah, I can relax and like actually pay attention. But then I have to wear my glasses in the bath. (laughs) And they get Um, all foggy. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Um, I had one thing that I wanted to mention that was cool before we go to any of our other segments. Oh yeah. Um, which is that, uh, I was recently quoted on Instagram by the national park service. That was fucking awesome. It was really cool. Um, they quoted one of my jokes about being single from back in the day <laughs> on a post of a um, Wolverine, <laughs> sometimes called skunk bears, uh, because those those animals not Stinky not bears not o- not only prefer to live alone but actively chase away any creature that comes near them. Uh, anyway, I was very flattered, and I was also very happy that they gave me attribution because in the same day I also got um, that same quote got quoted by a vibrator company and they did not attribute it to me. Oh, nor fuck. did they send me a free vibrator. So wow. That sucks. They should um, send you one. Slip into those DMs and ask. Right? Yeah. <laughs> send me free shit. Um anyway. That's uh, great. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna should- call you a skunk bear from now on. Yes, please. Please <laughs> call me a skunk bear. Someone had tagged me on that post and at first I didn't see the quote and I was like, oh, are they tagging me because this Wolverine looks like Alan? <laughs> it did a little bit. Uh, anyway, uh, shall we do... Chunch Chat? Chunch Chat? Yes. It's time for Chunch Chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch and chunch. Uh, there's no new chunch news. I've already mentioned Martha Stewart's legs and how they got that way from horse riding, apparently, um, or DNA. Um, <laughs> this is horse related. I saw the movie Horse Girl starring Alison Brie, also written and directed by her. Or no, I think just partly written by her. Um, uh, so you guys can stop tagging me in... <laughs> Horse girl pose, please stop tagging me. That movie barely had anything to do with horses. Um, I liked it. It had like a very like 90s lifetime movie kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, it was very funny and and like kind of kitsch. Uh, but like I I I get this, I get a little defensive when people toss around the word horse girl. I just feel like a lot of I feel like they don't people don't really understand what a horse girl is. Like there was this quote uh, from Alison Brie saying the first idea that came up was just Jeff saying I should play a horse girl, which is something that I've heard before. And um, then they like worked out this idea. And when asked if she's a horse girl in real life, Alison Brie responded, I am not now, nor have I ever been a horse girl. I really loved working with a horse in this movie. So I could be converted. I haven't actually started riding horses. I'm like, girl, 
And you're like, my identity is not a costume. Girl, exactly. <laughs> I love Alison Brie. She's really sweet. But I'm like, you should have ridden horses as research. And why can't they cast a real horse girl in this movie? I know. <laughs> Only real horse girls should be cast to play horse girls. This horse girl represent? No, that's a weird analogy. No, um, it's, it's not comparable at all. No, it's uh, not. Horse, horse girls have not been oppressed. And please, if anything, the opposite. Yeah. Please know, please know that I'm fully joking. <laughs> oh God, Lisa's oh, God. being canceled right now. Oh, no, I'm being canceled as I speak. <laughs> I think uh, that uh, I think that concludes John's show. Go see horse you girl. Like, you liked it? Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's fun. Are there good horses in it? There's one horse in it. It's a Palomino named Willow. Um, <laughs> I just think like Alison Brie's character just like keeps going to the barn to visit this horse that she used to own. And then she keeps making like friendship bracelets, like lanyards and showing up to the barn and like putting them in the horse's mane and then getting upset when they disappear. It's like, <laughs> horse girls are cooler than like, they're, they're tough. Oh, like they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a wild misrepresentation to me. And she's just she's, she's so like soft spoken and meek in the movie, and I'm just like, come on. <laughs> there should be a. This is why you need more than one horse girl in a movie, so yeah. that they don't all have to fall into the stereotypical. Right, like come you know? to the barn, look at the wide variety <laughs> of, the of horse women who are there. Some of them are loud and brassy. Listen. <laughs> The movie Horse Girl Walked, so everything else could run. <laughs> like a beautiful horse. I shall make Stallion Girl. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Does that conclude Chen's chat? Yeah. We will be right back with one on fun. Oh no. Lisa, mm-hmm. uh, if you could pick your dream Oscars host, who would it be? Ooh. Living or dead. Ooh. But if they're dead, they have to talk about how they're dead. <laughs> this is such a basic answer, but I just like Maya Rudolph. So funny. Oh, yeah. So funny. She would kill it. Her and Kristen Wiig, when they came up there, it was like it was like everyone's side of breath of relief. Like, yeah. finally, we're in good hands. People are funny. Like, oh, my God, when fucking Steve Martin and like Chris Rock, Chris Rock, their jokes were so bad. That was really, really bad. They called women vaginas. I hated that. Yeah, that wasn't funny. And then they like sort of gently poked at Jeff Bezos, but like it was just kind of a dick suck because they didn't even really like call him out at all. Yeah, I think they just made a joke about how he's rich. Yeah, and it's like, great. I I want someone to really fucking confront Jeff Bezos at one of these award shows. I want someone to punch him in the fucking face. I think we saw him at the Emmys. (laughs) I hate him. I hate him so much. (laughs) He just bought... The most expensive house ever sold in LA for $165 million. And And then he bought another one. He bought it last, he bought it and a year ago it had sold to uh, Rupert Murdoch's son for $150 million. And then he just like flipped flipped it it over and sold it to Jeff Bezos for $15 million more. It's like, why? Why? And it's ugly and like. I read an article in ProPublica about where they like had all of the documents explaining how Amazon's safety got so bad with their delivery drivers and it's very infuriating because they could have 
very reasonably and cheaply made it so that their drivers were a lot safer. No, they're all like independent contractors who are driving like their asses are on fire. Like yeah. I see them fucking careening down residential streets and, and it's because the there's so much pressure on them and there's just like nothing yes, they can do and about they're it. They're also all required to use a specific navigation system that Amazon built and all, all other like UPS and FedEx and those people, they build their navigation systems for their drivers so that they can avoid like left turns and things yeah. like that. And this one doesn't work doesn't do it. And, and like multiple people have been killed by these vans yeah. and trucks and like, it's totally, and it would cost like maybe like I think two cents a package for them to change it. I feel like buying stuff on Amazon is such a horrendous experience now that I avoid it. It's a, it's the last resort for me when yeah. I'm shopping online now. And I'm not saying I'm like a great person because I still buy stuff at like Target and Sephora or whatever, Walgreens, you know, like I, I buy stuff at big chains, but like Amazon in particular is horrible because you buy the thing, the reviews are likely fake. You When you get it, it's likely a cheap knockoff. Mm-hmm. Amazon says it's not their problem because they're not actually a store. They're just like facilitating store. Like they have yeah. some weird loophole. They don't pay taxes. Like the thing arrives, it's loose in a box, poorly packaged, is often damaged. Because they someone had to pack it. Under slavish thir- conditions. Under slave, yeah. Yeah. Returning it or getting any kind of customer service is like bizarre, like... It's it's crazy. just I fucking hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. Uh, they have uh. some good shows, <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Maisel is marvelous. <laughs> I mean, Undone is on there. I did. I I yeah. renewed my Amazon Prime for one month so I could watch Undone, and then I canceled again. Catastrophe was great. Oh yeah, that was good. I have some great shows. I liked uh, oh, I Love Dick. That was fun. I have an endorse horse. Oh, here it comes. Baby geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. Josh Thomas has a new show uh, on Freeform and it's also on Hulu Mm. called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Ooh. And if you liked the TV show, Please Like Me, uh, you will really like this show. It's a very similar voice. Even the music is the same. Please Like Me was on my list of things to watch and I never saw it yet. Oh, well, also endorse horse for that. (laughs) Play the whole theme song again. (laughs) (laughs) Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. Anyway, I uh it's a very particular tone and but I, I really like it. It's um the premise of the show is just that like he's basically playing another version of himself, but like the premise is that his his dad dies and he's like a 30 something or like late twenties, early thirties guy who has to become the guardian for his uh, two teenage sisters, uh, mm. one of whom uh, is on the autism spectrum. She's played by an autistic actress. Um, and the other one is like 13. And um, it's just like a very like lovely and like they've had episodes about very like difficult topics while being really like light and good. And I like it. Anyway, that sounds good. You still have to ask me a question that doesn't get you out of one on fun. Shit. <laughs> um, Emily, if you had to be on a reality show as a contestant, which one oh, would you be on? That 
is a great question. I don't watch enough reality shows. But you watch a lot. I mean, okay. So it has to be a, com- a competition one? Yeah. Okay. Well, does it? Maybe not. Like, obviously, Any- I would love to be on Big Dream Small Spaces yeah. with Monty Don, but that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, I would, I guess I would go on the circle. Yeah. I feel like I could hang with that. Yeah, I think so. You're a funny texter. I think okay. that would get you ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but would I be a catfish? That would be a tough one to decide. Ooh, it would be fun to catfish. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I, it, it didn't seem to get anyone like a real advantage I know. necessarily in that game. It would just be fun. Yeah. I would like, love to catfish <laughs> as like a big jock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be more fun to be able to like say stuff that I believe though. Yeah. Um, who would you like, what, what game, what reality show would you be on? Uh, I don't know. I hate, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah. No, I refuse. I would want to be on The Bachelor for an hour. <laughs> and then I'd kick myself off and go home. That would be very fun. Um, would you ever want to be on a show like Wife Swap or something? No. <laughs> what about that one where people like redecorate each other's homes and then they hate it? <laughs> no, that sounds so stressful. I... I uh, was watching uh, The Crystal Maze, which Adam is hosting now oh, yeah. on Nickelodeon, and the games look so fun to me. And I was like, if you get to do it again, like, can I come visit set and play on the set and play the games? And he said yes. And I got so excited. I was like screaming and jumping around because oh I didn't think he'd say yes. <laughs> I'm like, I can play on the That's fucking a very set. very easy yes, I imagine. <laughs> He's like, they don't look that good in person. You know, it's like, it's yeah. different in person. It would be fun to be on Jeopardy and just really fucking go wild with my with what I say. Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> Peter also always thinks it's funny if he went on Great British Baking Show and just kept making pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> just like really plain pancakes, just really normal pancakes. Maybe you dress them up a little bit to try to match the the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> be amazing oh man uh, yeah jeopardy going on, on anyone for which i am very ill-equipped to do well i think could could be very fun i would love to watch you on jeopardy i would do so poorly <laughs> like when we're watching it i blurt out the dumbest fucking shit that's like i don't know anything i'm always like what is penis man <laughs> <laughs> i forget which one i said that to the other day but <laughs> just regardless of what the yeah. clue is yeah adam's like really good at it i think he could legit go on Jeopardy and like, really? win. yeah, because he knows the most obscure things. I'm like, what the fuck? How did you know that? Like, you should go on. You should. Um, I've been rewatching like all of the episodes that they have on Hulu. Yeah. And it's we have so, too. it's so fun. It's so good. I love Alex Trebek. I love Alex Trebek. I love the clue crew. <laughs> um, I love all of the weird, like there was one where, did you watch the one where there's like a whole, uh, category of, questions about opera costumes no and it was every for everyone it would cut to alex trebek in a different opera costume oh my God. sometimes spinning around the camera as he starts to deliver the clue that's wonderful it's so fucking funny um anyway that's great uh does that conclude one on fun yes that concludes one on fun we will be right back with wiki of the week Hey, you've reached Dr. Game Show. Leave your message after the beep. 
Hi, this is Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Dr. Game Show. Dr. Game Show is a band of geniuses or nerds or brilliant artists or kids or some combination of all of those who get together to make a show like no other that's family-friendly. It's an interactive call-in game show podcast. When I found Dr. Game Show, I found joy. I told my friends and family that if they weren't listening, they were wasting joy. I sent them the episodes that made me laugh until I cried, played it for them in the car. They laughed, too, laughed their butts off. But they still don't listen on their own, so they're wasting joy. And I keep looking for someone to understand me. Maybe it's you. Give Dr. Game Show a listen and find joy. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. Uh, this week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Dylan Elliott. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, and it is the Wikipedia page for Australia's naughtiest home videos. Naughtiest. <laughs> uh, this article has multiple issues. Uh, this article possibly contains original research, and this article needs additional citations for verification. All right. Um Australia's Naughtiest Home Videos is an Australian TV comedy program which was broadcast on Nine Network on September 3, 1992. It was a one-off special spin-off of Australia's Funniest Home Video Show, depicting videos of sexual situations and other <laughs> sexually explicit content. The program was notably taken off the air partway through the broadcast of its first and only episode <laughs> on the order of network owner Carrie Packer. <laughs> <laughs> I like on the sidebar it says number of episodes one intended half aired. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Um background. Uh uh Australia's Funniest Home Video Show premiered in 1990 and was similar in concept to the 1989 American special and later series America's Funniest Home Videos. Viewers would send in amateur shot videos that were unintentionally humorous, and the video deemed the, quote, funniest by the studio audience was awarded a prize at the end of the show. The producers often received racy or risque videos that couldn't <laughs> be included into the program due to its family-friendly nature. I never thought of that. They definitely got a bunch of weird, porny videos. Oh, my God. Some people probably just sent straight-up porn. Straight-up amateur porn, just, like, hoping it would be... Or just knowing someone would see it. Or even professional porn, just to be like, fuck you. Fuck oh, yeah. you. Yeah, oh my God. They must have had so much weird shit. Um, yeah. uh, due to its family-friendly nature, and since the show's policy stated that videos sent in by viewers couldn't be sent back, videos that didn't make it to the program were still kept by the station. The producers decided to compile these videos into a one-off special <laughs> aimed at an adult audience. <laughs> such a bad idea it's such a bad idea <laughs> yeah. it's like i love how pre-youtube this is it's just yes. like somebody's got to see these somebody's got to see this shit it's if crazy we don't show this nobody will be able to enjoy it <laughs> it different it differed from australia's funniest home video show in more than just the content of the videos it had a different opening a modified version of the australia's funniest home video show's theme song and a slightly modified set <laughs> Okay. It was <laughs> not not what we also care. it was porn. <laughs> it was straight up porn. <laughs> it was hosted by Australian radio personality Doug Mulray. 
Due to the difference in content, the show aired at 8.30 p.m. Oh, uh, yeah. very early. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. That's when I watch my hardcore stuff. and was Right after dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and was preceded by a short message warning viewers of the show's content and informing them that it was a one-off special that was different from Australia's Funniest Home Video Show. Oh, man. Okay. Content. <laughs> the show followed the same structure of Australian's funniest home video show in which the videos were shown in short blocks, interspersed with humorous monologues written and delivered by Mulray. Mulray often poked fun at the content of the videos, which he describes as the most sensational collection of home videos since Rodney King nicked out for a pizza recently. Whoa. What? What? That is crazy. That whole sentence is in blue as a link. Oh, but it's just a link to Rodney King. Okay. What the fuck? Okay. That's fucking crazy. Wow. Um, Mulray also did humorous voiceovers as the videos were shown, similar to Lisa Patrick's on Australia's Funniest Home Video Show. Oh. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The content of the videos included shots of animal genitalia, (laughs) humans or animals humorously engaging in sexual intercourse, (laughs) people who get accidentally and humorously disrobed, and other situations that often relied on ribald humor, including a child grabbing a kangaroo's testicles. There's a screenshot of that on the side of the article, a child grabbing a kangaroo's scrotum in one of the videos (laughs) featured in the special. Uh, a man lifting a barbell with his penis a man getting his head squeezed between an erotic dancer's large breasts an elderly woman removing an envelope from a stripper's undergarments with her dentures two people running into water with flaming pieces of toilet paper hanging from their buttocks and two people filmed having sex in the middle of a park so it was like (laughs) so it was like Porn combined with jackass combined with like rotten.com. It basically sounds like the best thing yes. ever. Like I want to see I, this so bad. Is this online? I got to see this. I got to see it. Cancellation. <laughs> uh, there's a box here. It says, we apologize for this interruption. Unfortunately, a technical problem prevents us from continuing, prevents us continuing our scheduled program for the moment. In the meantime, we bring you a brief alternate program. An announcement made after the show was pulled and just before a rerun of Cheers aired. (laughs) Uh, Carrie Packer, the owner of the Nine Network at the time, was informed of the show's content by friends while having dinner. He tuned in to watch the show, which was being transmitted on Channel 9, and was so offended by its content that he phoned the studio operators and angrily shouted, Get that shit off the air! How did he not know I that that was going to be aired? I don't know. Within minutes, the series was pulled. After the break, the Nine Network announced that it failed to continue airing the show, purportedly due to technical difficulties, and aired reruns of the American sitcom Cheers immediately afterwards to fill in the remaining airtime. In 2008, Burt Newton justified the broadcast explanation. It's technically very difficult to keep a show <laughs> on air with Mr. Packer on the phone yelling at you. <laughs> He's saying that's why it was a technical difficulty. That's good. That's fun. It's a good line. Although the same bumper and announcement interrupted the show during every broadcast across Australia, it occurred in different parts of the program depending on the area it was airing in due to time differences. In the eastern states, the station simply started airing an episode of Cheers. 
Uh, but in other areas, the last part of the show broadcast was of Mulray giving a monologue about bosoms. <laughs> or, oh my God. Or the aforementioned clip of a child grabbing a kangaroo's scrotum. <laughs> the show was canceled before it was scheduled to air in Perth, and thus its Nine Network affiliate showed a brief message mentioning that the special shouldn't, uh, wouldn't be aired before beginning an episode of Cheers. <laughs> oh my God. Despite Packer's objections to the series content, it was popular among viewers. No shit. No fucking shit. The special was recorded to a record studio audience. After the announcement, Nine reportedly received, quote, thousands of phone calls from viewers with 65% of callers upset with the program being pulled. (laughs) We want more. Kangaroo, please. In contrast to the 80 call, the 60 callers, who called in during the show's broadcast complaining about the show. <laughs> uh, viewers were generally bewildered by the sudden interruption and the cut to cheers, not knowing about the show's cancellation until it was widely reported by the Australian media outlets the next day. The day after the special aired, a furious Packer showed up at Nine's headquarters and held meetings in which he loudly berated Nine's managers <laughs> and censors, referring to the program as disgusting and offensive shit. After these meetings, Mulray and many of the staff who were, were involved with the creation of the special were fired, with Mulray being banned for life from Channel 9. Oh, my God. Shit. It's a- crazy that they didn't run this by anyone. They were just like, here's a great idea. They must have run it by some people. On his radio show the next day, Mulray commented, I am the first man in Australian history to be pulled off by Carrie Packer. Mulray returned to Nine to be a judge on the 2005 series Starstruck shortly after Packer's death (laughs) on December 26th of that year. Wow. Oh, my God. Rebroadcast. Wow. In 2008, a full copy of the show was located by Nine's head of factual television. It was aired in its entirety at 8.30 p.m. (laughs) They did the same thing on August 28th, 2008, one week short of 16 years after the original special and at the same time. Promoted as the show Carrie Packer didn't want you to see, it featured commentary from Burt Newton. Uh, Packer had died in December 2005, and Mulray refused Nine's request to host the special. Oh, my God. He was like, you're not fooling me again. Yeah. I'm going to get fired I'm again. I'm not making the same mistake. <laughs> the special was interrupted by the Channel 9 bumper and technical difficulties announcement 36 minutes in, cutting to the Cheers opening credits before resuming to a monologue by Newton and the latter part of the special that never aired. The re-airing was censored with portions of Mulray's monologues, including jibes about, quote, fat kids, being cut from the special as they were deemed, quote, no longer acceptable. That's fair. That is good. That's what I'd want. Um, I can't believe they re-aired that. I, I want to see it. I know. I, wonder, I guess we can. Is it on YouTube anywhere? Probably. Mm. We should have looked for that before we started talking about it. Uh, wow. See also, quote, or er, see also, turn on an American TV series that was also pulled from broadcast during its first and only episode. Mm, and Videos After Dark, an American adaptation of the concept that debuted in 2019. What? Wow. Wow. Uh, I really want to see this. I really want to see this. I just, um, I really, I also just wish I could see when the, when the guy saw it playing on the TV and he was just I like, know. oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you might. Oh, you need to throw a different shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted <laughs> is for you to say that. I'm so happy. 
Uh, apologies that, to our Australian listeners. No, no apologies are being offered at this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> does that conclude Wiki of the Week? Mm-hmm. That concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Uh, if you want to run pornographic content on a TV station, you should probably check with a few people <laughs> first. Just run it by couple people you might get fired yeah um, i guess i knew that already but it's a good reminder it's a good reminder mm-hmm. um what did you learn i didn't learn anything that's <laughs> <laughs> fair we've been yammering for a full hour and you know what there was no uh i think I no real have, quality to i don't remember anything we talked about me neither <laughs> i'll be reminded of it when people listen and then um, Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I mean, I guess I learned that um, Allison Bree's not a horse girl in real life. She's not. She yeah. should come riding. Allie, come riding. Let's go riding. Yeah. She's too busy. Um, I have some butt pics. Ooh, please describe them. Uh, here's a man who appear or someone, I don't know if it's a man, maybe, um, who appears to be in a hot tub and is showing us his butt. <laughs> It's great. Um, <laughs> here's someone else who said, I accidentally matched my pants and bra set and got very excited. It's very fruity. And indeed, they have uh, lemons on their bra and lemons on their panties. Super fancy. I like it. And then here's someone who said they had a butt bruise. Um, but this is not a butt bruise. This is a hip bruise. Oh. It's on the side of the butt. So, Oh, yeah. But we are seeing some good side butt here. Yeah. So close enough. I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Thanks for sending your butts in. You can send us more at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com, where you can also send us wiki links and any old weird thing you've got. Yeah. Um, Max Fun Drive is coming up, too, and we're about to record a very fun bonus episode, so stay tuned yeah. for that. Um, also, please continue to rate us on, on iTunes. iTunes. That five stars. That actually helps a lot. Rate us five stars. Yeah, if you continue to do that and uh, write us a nice comment, then I'll read your little handle Yeah, on the podcast. Um, you can uh, follow us online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm at Lisa Draws. Um, thanks to our producer, Rob Perra. Thanks for our music, Nate Heller. And, and goodbye. Hey. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Hey everyone, it's I, John Hodgman of the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. And I, Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse Podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a 12-episode special miniseries called I, Podius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome called I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart, and his son, non-Sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Daniel, get there someday. I, Podius is the name of the show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.